Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you, right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. Hi, I'm Carmen, and this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth. The show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Today on the show, we have lawyers joining us to discuss the top frequently asked questions when investing in a mortgage. We're happy to bring on Hussein Hamdami and Paul DeMarco from Simpson Weigel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. We're honored to be here. Yeah, we've got a very exciting episode lined up, very informative episode that's going to talk about frequently asked questions regarding mortgage investing. So before we dig into this, and for the viewers who haven't seen you on our show before, tell us um, a little bit about yourselves. Uh, thank you guys for having us here. Uh, I'm Hussein. I'm a partner at the law firm Simpson Weigel, and uh, I specialize in corporate commercial and real estate transactions. So people who are buying or selling either businesses or properties. And uh, I'm a real estate lawyer with Simpson Weigel, you know, working on transactional work, very close with Hussein. And we've worked with you guys for many years and just yeah. love working with your firm and, and the both of you. You're so amazing. So. so I think the first question, which kind of brings us into our topic really well, is first off, yeah. what is a mortgage investment? Oh, sure. And that's a great question because a lot of people ask the same question. What basically it is, is when you have your security against real estate, real property, like land, earth, whatever, we put a charge or a mortgage against that. And that's the security that a person gets. So if anything happens to that investment, we can go to that security. There's like a lien or a charge against that. Now, a mortgage holder can be one person, two people, 40 people, 90 people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many, but it's a, it's a registration against a piece of real estate. So Hussein, it's pretty much like if Carmen and I were to lend money onto a, a private mortgage investment, it's basically like coming in as a bank would and lending somebody funding that, you know, they're going to be borrowing for a length of time. And in return, we get security on that borrower's That's right. You are the bank. So just how right. you imagine mm -hmm. RBC or CIBC or any other bank lending money and then taking a charge against the property, and then that needs to be paid back over a period of time. Well, that's what you would do. Uh, you are the bank at this point and you know how much profits bank makes. So congratulations. <laughs> yes. And, and being in the private money world, you charge much higher fees and rates. Yeah. So obviously it has to be something that the borrower will agree to. But, you know, first mortgage rates are anywhere from, let's say, six to 11 percent. And second mortgage is anywhere from, let's say, 11 to 16 well, so, it's a contract, Carmen, you're right. Yes. So there's a contract between the borrower and the lender, and then all the terms are laid out in that contract. How long the mortgage is going to be for, what the interest rate is, if there's prepayment uh, provisions or penalties. It's all written out in a contract. And and part of the job that, the, that we lawyers do is make sure that the contract is abided by by all parties. So, Paul, what kind of security do we have? So it all starts with the registered charge. That's a document that's registered on title to the property. So if anyone in the world looks at that property, they're going to see that somebody has lent money to the owners of this property secured mm -hmm. by that charge. And it could be in first position. So you're the first person to lend against that property. And it could be in second position or third if there are other mortgages ahead of you. So that's where we start from. And every mortgage investment will have a registered charge on title um, because that's the best protection we have. Depending on the type of property and the type of borrower, though, we might ask for additional security. So, for example, a general security agreement 
over a, a corporation's assets. And what exactly does that mean? So what that means is if the borrower doesn't repay their mortgage, we first look to the registered charge on title to see if we can recover that property and sell it to pay out the mortgage investors. Um, but also, if there's a shortfall of any kind, we want to be able to look to anything else the corporation owns to make sure the investors are made whole. Mm-hmm. So we might you know, insist on a general security agreement, and that's registered in the same way a car loan would be registered in the PPSA system in Ontario. Okay. So, okay. So I want to make sure it's really clear to our viewers. So general security agreement. So that is strictly on like a corporate, like, um, let's say assets that a company would hold. So let let me give you an example. Let's say there's a company and the company owns these little pots of plants here, right here. Yes. And if we're doing a general security agreement, we put like, it's not quite a lien, but let's just use lien because it's easier for people to understand. We put a lien against every bit of assets that the company owns, okay. okay, as well as a mortgage against the land that the company owns. Right, which is the main security. Which is the main security, and that's what we go to first. Mm-hmm. So so we go to the mortgage, and, and if we have to, we sell that property. We'll call it power of sale. But even if we're short for whatever reason, the next step is we'd go and sell these pots of plants. Excellent. Because we've got a lien against it, and that's through the general security agreement that Paul was referring to. So we're hoping by the time we sell the land and we sell these pots of plants, we'll have enough to pay off everybody. Okay. Now, what about personal covenants? Um, does that ever happen? Like, can the borrower ever um, you guarantee know, guarantee a, a mortgage loan? It can. So if the personal owner owns the land in their name, mm-hmm. then they're on personally because you put a registration against their name. Personal covenants come in when it's a company that borrows. So Mm -hmm. just like in a company that borrows, we put a a registration against the land. We talked about that. That's the mortgage. We put a lien against their pots and plants. We call that general security agreement. We could also say, hey, main shareholder, we want you to personally guarantee that all the debts will be paid. So if we sell the land and we don't have enough, we sell the pots of plants, we still don't have enough. Well, we're coming after you next. Do you have a house? Do you have a wallet? Do you have a bank account? Because that's where we're going. <laughs> You're scaring me. Okay. <laughs> but it's that's the type of security. And, and again, it's all got to be laid out in the agreement, though. So we can't make up. <laughs> you know, I don't like you anymore. I'm going to go after you personally. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be in the agreement yeah. that everyone agreed to at the start of the, the transaction. Right. Now, I know there's another term that's usually, um, well, depending on the type of mortgage, um, something called assignment of rents. Mm-hmm. Could you guys clarify what that means as well? Sure. So that happens where we're lending to a property and that property generates rental income. Mm-hmm. So as the mortgagee, you know, and as lawyers for the mortgagee, we want to make sure the mortgage gets paid. If the mortgage doesn't get paid, we don't want to just be able to sell the property. We want to be able to step in and say, tenants, your landlord is not paying their mortgage. You're now paying your rent to us mm-hmm. until everything is caught up. And that document is also registered on title. So it's another security mechanism that we can utilize in the case where, you know, there, there is an issue with that property. We can actually collect the rents directly and use that to pay the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's That's all in the assignment of rents. I love mortgage lending for that reason. You actually have the security on the real estate. You can get personal guarantees. You have, if it's a corporation, you can put a general security agreement on there. There's always a recourse. Yep. Unlike, Mm -hmm. Pushing a button on a stock, you, you, there is no recourse. You, well, right. Exactly. Right? There's a number of tools available to the lender. Yes. Whether they're a bank or they're a mom-pa, you know, mom-pa operators. There's a number of tools available 
to help recoup their money if need be. Absolutely. Excellent. So guys, I know you mentioned that there is a registered charge. Now, if I am a lender, would my name actually appear on that charge? So if you've invested cash, it won't. We actually have the mortgage administrator, which is a separate company whose job it is to monitor compliance with the mortgage. That's whose name goes on the mortgage. And that's for privacy reasons. A lot of people don't want their investment uh, being recorded to the public because the rest of the world can see that mortgage. So mm-hmm. that administrator will actually go in, register, um, will be on title of that mm-hmm. mortgage and then hold the mortgage in trust mm-hmm. for the lender or the group of lenders in that mortgage. So all of the lenders who invest cash still have their interest in the mortgage. It's just held in trust by the mortgage administrator. If you invest through a registered plan, let's say an RRSP or a TFSA, uh, in those cases, the plan administrators insist that the investors be named. So in those cases, you know, your name will show up on the registered instrument. Mm-hmm. So Hussein, what is the role of, you know, the lawyer in this scenario? So where do you guys come into play? Um, well, I would like to argue very important role. <laughs> yeah, <I agree. laughs> yeah, so very. what we what we do is we we take the contract that was signed between the borrower and the lender. And we look at what security was agreed to. Now, we've talked about some security already, the, mm-hmm. the mortgage, the general security agreement. And so let's say the mortgage, for example, is supposed to be a first place mortgage. Okay. Well, our job is to now do the due diligence on the target property to make sure there's no other mortgages. If we're going in first place, then that means there's nothing else there before us. Agreed. So we got to make sure that, that there's no other mortgages. Got to make sure that all the taxes are paid because taxes rank higher than a mortgage. So mm-hmm. we're number one. We got to be number one. Right. And so our job is to work with the lawyer for the borrower, make sure that everything is clean, everything is as we expected, and that the investors, whether there's one or many, are getting the deal that they bargained for. They think they're coming in first place. We need to ensure that they get first place. And to be honest with you, sometimes we can do that in two, three weeks. Sometimes it takes two, three months. But one thing we will certainly guarantee is that we will not release anybody's money until we're satisfied that that security is in place. Amazing. Well, we have to go to break already. Unreal. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you'd like more information about investing in real estate or have any questions or comments, check us out online at profunds.ca. While you're there, be sure to view our other episodes filled with great real estate knowledge. Hi, I'm Jordan. This is Carmen. Welcome back to 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guests Hussein and Paul from Simpson Weigel Law, and we're just chatting about the whole legal process involved in mortgage investing. And Hussein, to kind of pick up um, what we were talking about before the break, it was just regarding your very important role in this process mm-hmm. and you know how the closing process works and how it can take a little bit longer sometimes than we originally planned. Can you pick up on that and expand a little bit more? Sure. I'll, I'll ask me, Paul, to add, add some of that. Sure. So, I mean, as we were discussing before the break, mm-hmm. uh, obviously making sure the registered security is in place is a big piece of the puzzle. In fact, it's the biggest piece of the puzzle. For sure. Uh, and we won't fund until we're satisfied. And sometimes that takes some time because sometimes there is some back and forth with the borrower's lawyers and they always have their own lawyers. Um, where if, as between lawyers, we're trying to settle the documents and make sure that everyone is getting what they bargained for, including the borrower. Mm-hmm. And so that can take some time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece is the logistics of actually getting these investors together. 
You know, right. if there's just one investor or if it's just the bank, we've only got one person to talk to mm-hmm. and it's relatively straightforward. However, where there's 20 investors, let's say that's a hundred or a hundred, <laughs> that's 20 to a hundred people. Yeah. We need to get on the same page. Yeah. Uh, we need to get their funds. If they're investing cash, we need to get their registered documents. Uh, if they're investing through an RRSP and certainly for our registered investors, we need to get the approval of the registered plan trustee mm-hmm. because there, there is an entity that will manage those accounts mm-hmm. and they need to be satisfied that we've done our jobs and the investors have all signed everything they have to. And I think that's really, really important for the investors to understand what goes into funding these. And it's not just as easy, right? You, you are coordinating between lots of different moving parts and parties and making sure that their security is intact. So, you know, sometimes these things, it's not an exact science when it's going to close, but I think it's important that the investors understand that at the end of the day, it's for their best interests, right? Mm-hmm. So I sometimes make a joke to, to, to investors. I say, I can close you tomorrow. You just won't get the security that you bargained for or <laughs> yeah. give us a little bit of time. Let us get so that you're going to be satisfied and happy, even though that means we stretch it out a week or two or even longer. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the goal isn't speed. The goal is correctness accuracy. and accuracy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been in a position where deals have been taking a little bit longer than they should have. And the worst thing they can do is just push it through because they want to earn interest right away. Yeah. But that's not a good way to go. So, And, and I also want to mention when we're lending money, the, lend- the lender that's lending the money does not get paid until the deal actually closes because the borrower who's responsible for making payments isn't willing to pay anything until he has the money in his bank. Right. So it's it's the whole structured transaction there. So they get frustrated perhaps because it's taking a little longer, but it's truly just for their best interest. In fact, we don't get paid. The lawyers don't get paid until it closes. Paid. No one gets paid until yeah. it closes. So we all have a vested interest in not dragging it out longer than it needs to. Mm-hmm. But we all have a vested interest in making sure it's done correctly. Now, let's talk about the payout of a mortgage. So now we've closed. Right. Um, and now the mortgage has matured and the investors want to be paid out. And let's say it is, again, a large group. Um, you know, I've, I've noticed that things don't typically pay out right on the date. It's not a push of a button like a stock. You're selling the stock and bingo, the bank, the money goes in my bank account. So I'm going to let you speak on that. But it's really important that people that get invested in a mortgage do not allocate that money to anything specific on the maturity date because there could be delays. Yeah. You know, there's almost always delays uh, and, and any transaction that I've been part of. It, it's rare. I can't think uh, maybe just my memory um, where it's been 12 months and it's closed on the 12 oh. month mark. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's early. If they want to pay out early, mm-hmm. but it's rarely done right on that anniversary day. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell investors, especially the first time investors where they're, they might be a little bit cautious. I, I say, look, you, you've, you've got to assume that if it's a 12 month term, it might take 18 months just to be on the worst side. So make sure that you can live without this money for 18 months. And the role of extensions come into play as well there, right? Well, remember the whole world, the, everything that we're talking about revolves around that contract. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a contract between the borrower and the lender, but there's also a contract between the investor and the investment administrative body that's taking care of it. And in those documents, there is a provision and almost all of these documents uh, to allow for extensions, uh, both for the borrower wants the right to extend in case they need a little bit more time to pay it out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also for 
the the investor to understand that there's there may be an extension. They're they're consenting to exactly. that right from the from the get go. But the investors do get paid the same return. That's right. Oh, of contract. course, yeah, yeah. So, it's, no, it's not interest free. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not extending for nothing. Yeah. I'm going to charge for this, so yeah. it's going to be the same fixed return that was stipulated in the contract. Very good. And point. it will continue on right up until the day that the funds reach your bank account. Right. If it's a 12% interest rate, well, that 12% continues even during that extension period, for example, yes. right? So yeah. it's not dead money. It's still money that's accruing value. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't get your principal back until till the very end. Well, a lot of saying. investors like the extensions because then they don't have to worry about replacing that money into another investment. Right. And they did the due diligence on that initial investment. Yeah. They know they're comfortable with it. So yeah. really, you're just kind of in there for a little bit longer and you keep your return going. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have another question actually regarding idea testation, because I know this is a popular question. Does it have to be done? And what if I'm a repeat investor? Do I have to do it again? Can you guys um, shed some clarification on that? Yeah. Investors get very angry about idea testation. I'm going to let Paul answer that one. So (laughs) lucky Paul. (laughs) It's a call we get very often, you know, why do we need to get my idea tested? So when we talk about testing an ID, uh, recognizing that there are clients, you know, our office is in Hamilton. So if you're in the Hamilton area, you're welcome to come down and see our smiling faces and we can check your ID for you. Um, that's all included in the services we provide. Unless you, for example, you live in Markham and you don't want to come to Hamilton. Or in another province. Or in another province. And we get that a fair amount. Well, the Law Society of Ontario says that because we're handling investor money, we need to know who these investors are. So we need to see their ID. And if I can't see their ID in person, if I can't hold it up and say, yeah, that looks like Carmen. It's a great picture, by the way, but it looks like Carmen. So we're ready to go. Uh, We need another lawyer or a doctor. Uh, There's a list we send out. Do they have to meet you face to face? So they have to meet with somebody face to face. Okay, so it can't be done on like a Skype or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. It's got to be face to face. I saw you said no Skype. Okay. And it's just to ensure that you are, as you say you are, like you guys are just confirming that that identity matches. You're right. So there's a bunch of documents that the investor needs to sign, right? And so we need to make sure that that investor, in fact, signed those documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one way to do that is to have a third-party professional. So let's say they, they live out in Alberta. No one's going to fly to Southern Ontario no. just to meet Paul and I, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but you're allowed to meet another professional in Alberta. And what Paul was saying, there's a list of professionals that the law society will allow other lawyers, doctors, pharmacists, police officers, etc. So there's a oh, list of okay. them. Okay. Interesting. So say, no, you go in the severe in Calgary, go meet your doctor, lawyer, accountant, whomever okay. is on that list. They've got to see your ID and they have to fill out a form that says, I know so-and-so I saw so-and-so's ID. I sign off. If we get that, then we're good. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So I guess the big question, yeah. what is the risk and how do we mitigate? I, I will start off by saying that the, the role that lawyers have is to ensure that the security that you think you're getting, you're going to get. And that's where we talked about earlier, the due diligence that we do, the whether it's the mortgage on the land, whether it's the lien against the pots of plants, whether it's a personal covenant that mm-hmm. the major shareholder gave, we make sure all that paperwork is there. All that is to mitigate the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, the other parts of the story is though, um, I, and I know this for, for ProFunds, ProFunds doesn't lend money to a place unless there's an appraisal already there and there's yeah. a certain loan to value. Mm-hmm. Now, loan to value is an interesting concept because what it means is that if we think that this, this land is worth a dollar, we may only lend up to 80 cents. Right. And the reason we only lend up to 80 cents, for example, 
And so if we have to sell this property, if, if it comes down to it, then we hope that we get anything above 80 cents. And if we think it's worth a dollar, we got 20 cents worth of play to play with. Perfect. Right? Yes. And so that's it. But I just want to be sure. Sometimes we get calls and they're like, hey, is this a good investment for me? Lawyers are not investment planners or investment advisors. All we do is ensure that the security, the legal technical security is in place. Mm -hmm. And so that's for people to sort of look back at their own finances, make sure that they're comfortable. Like you said, Jordan, make sure that they're okay with the extension, have that money tied up for, for as long as, but I, I, you know, I, I invest, uh, I, I think it's a great investment because, you know, uh, when you have land, especially if it's in Ontario, there's yeah. so many recourses available to you to recoup your money. Very good point, Hussein. Investors really need to make their own decisions. Uh, we've had several investors say, oh, I'm going to go to my lawyer right now and see if this is a good investment. And they're not financial advisors. They're here to make sure that the contract that you're in is accurate. But I have to say this, we're out of time. I know, it goes so, so fast. Oh my gosh. So. Thank you guys so much yeah. and sharing your wisdom with us. I know people are going to find so much value in this episode. Yep. Thank you well, very much. Good. I'm glad. We hope people benefit from it. For Absolutely. sure. So if anyone is looking to obtain more information or would like to work with Simpson Weigel Law for any legal matters, you can go to investments at simpsonweigel.com. Also, feel free to check out our other real estate episodes at 30minutes12.com. That's it. Our 30 minutes are up. Go create that.